0: I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of
1: purepleasureshop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you
0: how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being.
1: Welcome to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for
0: 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com.
2: You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective,
0: visit pleasurepodcasts.com.
1: Well, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. April just
0: swallowed a bug. Baby. She's really good at swallowing. (laughs) Bugs.
1: (laughs) Well, it wasn't that big. No? <laughs> Not that I recall. Was a beetle? No, was it, was, it a it mealworm swimming around in my wine. Was
0: it uh, just Saturday We're recording night. on
1: Saturday, which we've never really done.
0: Happy Saturday, everyone. Happy I know we actually usually don't work on the Show
1: Shomeshabas.
0: Oh, hey. Oh yeah, you were a Jewish by injection.
1: Yes, I was. Yeah,
0: she was for me years. And
1: uh actually I met the uh Human Naomi that we are recording with Ah, through my ex husband. -husband. Oh, I hate ex husband. I'm like it sounds so bad. So for my previous partner who I was married to, whom I still love and adore, and he's an awesome human. And I met her through. Uh, her and her husband through him years, oh. years, years oh, and years ago. How
0: special, yeah. yeah. She,
1: uh, I met her in Israel, and she doesn't live in Israel anymore. But yeah, I did meet her there. Cool. So um, I'm stoked that that we reconnected this way. And she's also doing some incredible work in the field of sexuality. So it's yeah. it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I love the topic of how to revive the passion or passionless relationships. Not because I love passionless relationships, but I think this <laughs> speaks to so many of our I listeners. I love passionless well, relationships. So we take an. I love it. I love when people don't have sex. Everyone tunes out. It's my favorite. Damn it. We lost our whole demographic. <laughs> uh, well, So just so everyone's listening, for all y'all listening, um, our main demographic are partnered people who, and this might not be you, by the way, but so there's also single people, and but a lot of partnered people, whether you've been partnered for a year, five years, you're married, you're not, but you're like... I need more tools. Am I doing this right? Am I normal? I want to communicate better. I want to have more sex. I want less sex. Whatever. And so, I think the passionless thing speaks to a lot of people.
1: Also, it, sometimes people their alignment, even if they are partnered, they're married, they're they're in a they're in a relationship that's um, ongoing and long. Uh, perhaps sometimes their sexuality needs whatnot aren't aligning or... things change. And things change. We're
0: always changing. It's so funny that we live in a society that assumes, okay, so I get together with you and I'm 25 and you're 28 and we're going to be the same sexual people forever and we never oh, need to
1: work on it. See, that would be the vows that we could speak if we ever got married, not to each other, but... If we were, were ministers? No, ma- Oh, oh no, that's cool. No matter. You're just w-
0: digging over there. No matter. Is that someone w- swiping what? in
1: your DMs? <laughs> that was not. That was me not being mindful of my muting my computer. And it's the same goddamn exchange password required. <laughs> I've been getting freer now. So it was not someone sneaking all up
0: in your DMs. I don't even subject. know what that
1: means, Amy, but someone did
0: sneak into my DMs. Oh, yeah, you got a dick pic yesterday. Oh, my didn't God. You?
1: It was, I blocked, but yeah, but okay, I never check. My Facebook Messenger. The one time. Because, because, and P.S. The reason. Everyone, please don't send us to message. Naomi had this. reached out to me via Facebook Messenger um. to record with us, and I never check it. And so it took me like, I don't know, it might've been eight months later. And I was like, oh, hi, Naomi. <laughs> I'm sorry, because this is why. And I was like, who is this person? Because sometimes work people. And then I opened it up, and it, it was, was like, a dick. hi, Dick. And I was like, <laughs> And I told you, I texted you. I'm like, I am scared of Facebook Messenger. Yeah, and uh, that w- I didn't consent to that. I didn't no. ask. I don't even know this person, and I don't believe I'm friends with this person.
0: Yeah, and uh, that's not consensual. Everyone who's listening, and who's now thinking of doing that to April or myself, we which, are not. By inviting the way, this. I feel
1: like I'm guided through who I should be friends with on Facebook because I have a mutual friend, which is Amy Baldwin. <laughs> so I'm like, oh sure, and I'm like, that's a mistake. But I never get the dicks though. It's well, funny that my friends but don't say that because yeah. now you
0: might. Well, well uh, the- I don't know. Yeah, no I don't want all of your dicks, but if you send me your dicks, I'll just I'll, I'll just block <laughs> you basically. I have no problem just being like, "All right, you're not asking for permission, you're sending me well, your dick and I'm not really that." I rich. look at
1: Facebook about once every 3 months. So that was the 3 month uh Reminder that you Flag. don't even- like <laughs> And then I was like, mm, and I'm done. And, and, I, and I messaged you this morning. She's off Facebook now. <laughs> no, I was like, this is why I don't look at Facebook. Too many dicks. So if anyone that I know listening reaches out to me via Facebook, that I actually know.
0: Yeah, message her outside Facebook. Yes, she's not. hopefully
1: you have my phone number. And if you don't.
0: She's traumatized by the dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Too many dicks. All right. <laughs> Goddamn dick trauma. Goddamn dick.
1: All right. Dick. And, and I- then you messaged me. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, Amy. Thanks. Which had nothing, I didn't even know about the dick trauma. It wasn't even trauma. It was just
0: uh, just funny. And I was like, yo this is what I'm talking about. Because we've, we've been having a good uh, voice memo dialogue. Yes, we have Sneaky. With, uh, <laughs> sneaky and Stripples. Stripples and Dicka.
1: Well, that
0: was just and anyway,
1: what what are we talking This is just a ramble. I'm going to talk about <laughs> right?
0: No, for real though, it's a sex question okay. from a All right. listener. <laughs> All right. April has not heard this question yet, but I actually resonate with the, the person who is experiencing this Did problem. you ask this question to yourself? No, because <laughs> it sounds a little. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually put this question because I want you to help me. And I'm in it, that's why I'm doing this. All right. This. I'm going to
1: drop into this question. Right. I am listening to you. You better me. really pay attention right, because I you're am. my
0: free therapist right now. All right, so <laughs> it's about come in my ass. <laughs> are you
1: ready for it? Come in your ass. Is that a song? Or no, is that, is, Jizz in My Pants oh. is a song, but
0: it kind of works. I like how it's like a little bit of All Israeli right. accent. Just <laughs> All right, anyways, we think we're funny. All no. right. <clears throat> my wife and I recently started having anal sex. We are doing great and taking our time, and we've successfully had multiple... I had anal multiple times, and when I come in her ass, she gets nauseous for the rest of the night. I attempted to search online, but couldn't find anything addressing the specific problem. I love my wife and would give up finishing in her if needed, but I prefer to solve the problem if it's possible. Let me know if you have any tips.
1: Well, first of all, you're the one that told me about the nausea after. So I don't
0: get nauseous. I, You know what? It's, it's, but it, I, I see why I can feel nauseous.
1: I, I've never had that though and you've asked me before so let me ask you it. a question okay. when someone comes
0: in your ass by the way April is a little bit newer to the anal world I've been uh, meaning like in the only the last three or four years I've been having anal sex since I was 16 but I haven't had a lot of cum in my ass and the, every single time I have
2: nauseous. I
0: have felt it's not it, Yeah, it, I wouldn't call it nauseous because I, I do not feel like I'm going to throw up I feel like it upsets my bowels and it won't come out So let me ask you, when someone comes in your ass, does it just hang out in there for a while? Is it easily expelled? Does it just drip out of you? (laughs) It disappears. It just disappears. And no problem.
1: So it just disappears
0: where the fuck does it come? I don't know
1: I was <laughs> wondering this I wanted to ask Bill Nye the science guy <laughs> I wanted to write him like Bill Nye the science guy what do you think about this where does the come, though, when this disappearing come I actually have wondered myself and I don't know so it's, it's not, maybe it doesn't it absorbs. It come out it's doesn't I've never leak out. witnessed it coming out out of out of the uh, vaginal canal absolutely it, yeah. it will oh, I yeah. can see it but uh, anytime I've had uh, ejaculate in my ass uh from anal play uh it it goes
0: into the body so So does the body absorb it yes so and i have an answer for this and this is why riddle no (laughs) it's not a riddle i do have a legitimate answer for this i haven't figured out so for the listener i haven't figured out a perfect solution for my my body personally because i just now don't allow cum in my ass Uh, because what has happened in the past and i've only had it come in my ass maybe like three to five times. And each time I feel, I again, like not nauseous, like I'm going to throw up, but more like it affects my bowels, and now I have like some intestinal issues. And it's uncomfortable, and it lasts for multiple hours, and I feel like I need to go and try to get it out of my ass, but it's not coming out. So it's almost like it's giving me some sort of bowel problems, but nothing will come out. I know this is really graphic for people listening.
1: Do you think it's person to person, though? I, I mean, think it's person to person, okay. totally, 100%. And also, semen to semen no that's inside i don't think
0: it re- is related to semen i think it's person to person in the okay. shape of our bowels and how they work and here's the other thing too i think there's so many co- components here so have you ever had an enema before i've done colonics okay so if you do a colonic or an enema and you do them when you are dehydrated your body absorbs a lot of the water unless you have salt or saline i'm in just it. dehydrated all the time so your body just well so Maybe it that's up. what it is. Yeah, may, yeah. So I so again, I don't have the perfect. I don't have the science about this, and we we'll probably. You know what? Email us if you have the perfect science around this one too. Bill but Nye, I'm just, the well, science guy. Bill Nye is <laughs> listening right now, and he's like, "Hey, what's up? Can I guest on your show?" <laughs> Um, But I know, so I've given myself many enemas in the past, and I know that when I've been dehydrated, and I didn't put saline or salt in it, my body absorbed it, and then I feel bloated, and it's uncomfortable. If I put saline or salt in it, then my body doesn't absorb it as much, and it's easy for it to come out. And if I'm not dehydrated, then it really comes out. It does its whole magical thing of going in and going out. Now. I'm wondering if all of my three to five experiences, I was just dehydrated, perhaps. And if I was fully hydrated, would it have been a problem? But you're saying my your body absorbs it every time and it never hurts. <laughs> you know who I think this is a great question for? Hope. Bill um, Nye, the science guy? No. <laughs> <laughs> Porn stars oh. who do anal cream pie shots who not have come idea. in their ass and then it, they actually do the scene where it's dripping out. And I haven't, I I, I guess, my, I haven't done this. Have you okay, let me ask you a question, April. This is gonna be about April here. If you have come in your ass, have you ever tried the thing where you kind of like try to push it out of your ass or like open your ass and try to drip it out? Nope. Like for I
1: have not. I haven't
0: done that either. No. Nope. So what has happened is that now it's hanging out in there, but for you, it's hung out in there and then it doesn't, it, it gets absorbed, but doesn't irritate you. For me, it gets absorbed and it irritates me. Or my body's not absorbing it and it's just hanging out there and it's a problem. And so now I'm just like, don't come in my it, ass. It's
1: a very fascinating subject. Yeah. And, and person to person, again, it's different. So perhaps the solution to this question, not knowing the the person isn't the the... The receiver uh, may not be able to change the nauseous portion of receiving any ejaculate in her bum. Yeah, right. So that might just be off but the table. It just might be her. So that's just like yeah. Part
0: of me thinks it's just part of my body's right. makeup and how it works. Um, but the the only solutions I could come up with is one. Don't come in their ass if no. it makes them uncomfortable. Two, hydration might be a thing. Three, if you've been doing a lot of anal penetration, sometimes the ass is more opened up, and so maybe if you come in the ass and then the ass has the opportunity to try to expel it while the assholes relax and a little more open, so it's not hanging out in there. Maybe that would help. I personally am just so over. I'm not even going to try right. option B and C. I'm because like because it's not fun. It's to just be not. Yeah, no, it's just not worth yeah. it for me. I've, right. I've experienced this multiple times. Like, yeah, it's just not really that worth it. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, I would play with those things, but it might just be someone's body because as you can hear from April and I, we both have different experiences and for her, it's not a problem. For me, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many other people have this issue with that too. And like porn shows it though, like finishing the ass. And then- well,
1: you had asked me yeah. when I, I asked about <laughs> it. You asked me. You said, you don't get nauseous or you don't feel, I, I, rem- I don't remember the exact way you phrased the question but my answer was no it's it's never affected my body
0: oh yeah and
1: uh it was something regarding ejaculate in my ass and and I was I don't know what you're talking about.
0: This will be a, a call out to listeners who have someone who can speak on this or you just have other uh information to share on future episodes because we don't always have the answers. So we tried our best with this one and I just wanted to relate to this person's experience and there's nothing wrong with your partner and um and good luck to you. And hey, I'm just going to link
1: this in to you know what the best lube for anal is? all I use I'm not even Going to front about anything else is Uber Lube for my butt. Really?
0: Mm-hmm. Me too. Anytime. And my hair. And my and my my and badge.
1: Flat flossing up tattoos. You also put in your mouth with some blowjob sometimes. Uh, I also uh, actually use it for doors. Oh, squeaky doors, <laughs> squeaky doors. <laughs> All things. There are so many purposes for Uber Lube. There should it should be like on BuzzFeed where they do the life hacks. It should be Uber Lube. Or you're stranded on an
0: island. You can only choose three things: a knife, something that makes fire, Uber Lube.
1: For real, know. yeah.
0: Or, I don't know. At least Uber not Lube. that your
1: hair needs to not be frizzy when you're on an island.
0: Uh, but I could put on my lips. My lips get chapped. There's yeah. so many different things. Anyways, yep. it's mostly for sex, everyone. So UberLube is our favorite lubricant. Hands. Down. If you haven't tried it, you have to try it. Join the Uber lube club. Seriously, people, the return rate is like 80 to 90%. People try it. They're like, I didn't know lube could be this good. It is a luxurious silicone lubricant, it never gets sticky, has no flavor, has no scent. It's less likely to change the pH than most other lubricants. It's great for pussies, cocks, asses, all the things. It's just phenomenal. It's in a beautiful glass
1: bottle. I love the bottle. I'm into aesthetics, and there the bottle are. is something that you can have next to your bedside and no one will know that it's lube
0: and it might not help with you know the come in the ass issue but yeah, <laughs> or it maybe will. it will i don't know <laughs> but it has a pump top makes things easy go check it out uberlube.com and you use coupon code shameless sex you get 10 percent off and free shipping again uberlube.com
1: some of our favorite lube we've loved it for years are you ready for a bio yeah Naomi Slater is an experienced love, and intimacy coach, host of the Divine Couples podcast, yoga teacher, and bioenergy therapist. She is the creator of the online course Awaken Your Desire, helping women reclaim their wild and powerful divine feminine. Naomi's passion is guiding women and couples to heal their relationships and reclaim their power, pleasure, and passion. To learn more, visit divine-couples.com. But first calling all open-minded
0: folks looking for adding more sexual variety to their lives or navigating the dating world. Have you checked out Field yet? If your answer is no, then press pause now and go to field.co slash shameless to check out my favorite alternative dating app for free. Field is one of the few dating apps that actually encourages you to embrace your sexual side. Field has built a community of awesome, ethical, and honest people and aims to create a world where everyone can explore their desires.
1: While Field is still the top threesome dating app to this day, Field offers something for everyone, from singles to couples, monogamous to non-monogamous, to kinky, queer, tantra, you name it, it's likely on Field. And here's some more great news. You can download the Field app for free and support our show by going to Field.co slash shameless. That's F-E-E-L-D dot C-O slash shameless. Or just click the link in our episode description to get the Field app for free today. It's fun to explore, easy to set up a profile. Really, what are you waiting for? Go check out Field right now. All right, let's dive into the interview. All right, everyone.
0: It is interview time. We are here with Naomi Slater, and we're here to talk about how to revive the passion in your passionless relationships. Now, passionless relationships—hmm, not a fun topic for a lot of people. who's like, ah, wham. But as we said in our intro, I believe we uh, were talking about how a lot of our listeners are in long-term relationships or married, they're long-term partnered, and this happens a lot where the passion the lust, the deep connection whether it's about sex or communication or whatever that is um, has changed has faded and now people are like what what the fuck what happened what's what's wrong with us are yeah. we broken how many
1: times have you heard other people say i just want some passion
0: yeah like, i've
1: heard it often sometimes i say that i just yeah. want some passion i yep. just want some passion gotta yeah. stop watching the rom-coms That's
0: yeah <laughs> there's it's, all the passion. and so even for folks who are not in relationships this may happen someday at some point if you get into a relationship you may experience this at some point where you're like oh my god where did the passion go so let's talk about how to revive that so first of yeah. all welcome to our show Naomi we're really happy thank to have you, you here. I'm so excited to be here thank you for having me yeah we love hosting fellow podcasters so we always start with the same prompt can you tell our, your, us a little bit about your story about how you got to where you are today in the field of love and intimacy? yeah
2: well for sure so I guess my journey started quite a while back, uh, I've been a yoga teacher for the past 16 years, meditating a lot, traveling India, studying with different gurus, so that was really the foundation of the work that I do today, and uh, after I met my husband, we, had, we started out super passionate, amazing love making, uh, you know, we were having sex all of the time, and after our second kid, something changed, we lost our passion, at least I did. And the kind of pattern that we got into was he was trying to initiate sex with me, and I was rejecting him because I was either too tired or not in the mood, or, you know, just those were those were pretty much the two main the main options for me. I, I was either just too tired or not in the mood. And at a certain point, uh, he was feeling really unsatisfied in the relationship and actually quite frankly so was I because everybody wants to be in their passion, everybody wants to be in their desire, there isn't a single human being on the face of this earth that doesn't want to feel that passion flowing through their veins, right? Um, so so he actually started practicing Tantra on his own and he was doing different practices for men like practicing semen retention And he wanted to pull me in and I was resisting because I didn't want more expectations of me in bed. I wanted less expectations of me in bed. Um, But I realized at a certain point that that wasn't going to bring us anywhere positive. That if something was going to change in the relationship and we were both going to be happy, I needed to make an effort also um, to work on myself. So I got sucked in and we both started practicing uh, Tantra through books, through workshops. Um, we ended up going to treatment by a very well known Tantra teacher in Israel, and she eventually uh, certified us as Tantra practitioners. So, I, what I do is really from my heart. You know, I do it because of the personal transformation that we experienced as a couple, both as a couple, but also individually, because really this work starts with you, you know, as an individual in terms of how you connect to your own sexuality. Um, whatever limiting beliefs you might have around your sexuality, oftentimes it stems in our childhood, things that we were raised on, um, different relationships we've had that maybe have left trauma in our bodies. So it's really kind of diving deep into understanding ourselves as sexual human beings, understanding our deep desires, which oftentimes we don't express or don't know how to communicate. And then, of course, bringing that all together, Um, as a couple, and understanding how we can make love differently in order to really have blissful, ecstatic experiences um, that are maybe different from what we're used to experiencing when we have sex.
1: Mm -hmm. So this brings me to the next question, because you mentioned, obviously the birth of your children were uh, uh, one of the main reasons for the shift in passion and intimacy. And obviously, that may not be the case with everyone, yet they may still be lacking this, uh, this passion. So why does passion go out the window in so many long term relationships? Is it inevitable? Is it avoidable? I think it is, but I would love to hear you Mm -hmm. speak to that.
2: Yeah, it's for sure avoidable. Um, I think one of the main reasons is, first of all, because when you are stressed and tired, it's much harder to channel your sexual energy because sexual energy is life force energy. They're they're the same. So if you're feeling exhausted and maxed out all of the time from raising kids, from working, from cleaning, it's going to be hard for you to get that energy moving. But it's actually it's kind of the cycle that we have to learn to get out of so the more that you that you consciously learn to channel this energy the more energy you're going to have so what it means is investing time and energy and cultivating that energy <laughs> if that makes sense yeah um but yeah and 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 the more stress that you have also the less, time and energy you're going to have for passion and lovemaking. So it requires, especially in long-term relationships, whether or not you have kids, because I've encountered plenty of couples that have lost their passion that don't have kids. It requires investing time. So if you think the passion is going to stay there without you investing anything in it, you're wrong. (laughs) You You have to put your time and energy into that you have to make your relationship, your intimacy, which is not only sex, it of course, you know, includes sex, but it's also communication. You have to make that a priority in your life. If it's not a priority in your life, there isn't going to be very much passion there over time.
1: Yeah, that is, I think, I think it is avoidable. It's, but it takes work. Like you said, it is something that, especially if you don't, provide this the space for the couple when I was working so much and eating not well, uh, on the road all the time, gaining weight. I didn't feel sexy. I was like, I don't even want you to touch me. Had nothing to do with kids, but I was like, and birth control or different, mm-hmm. different forms of, of hormones that you have to put in your body or the, or the different changes in your body for can sure. all be a part of this lack of, of passion that exists. So it doesn't matter if, if right now you're, you're feeling passionate. This is something that's important because that shit can dissipate. For sure, and what you
2: what you touched on in terms of birth control is so true, and other medications, for example, like anti anxiety, anti depression meds, all of that is also going to affect your sexual desire. So there's so much that goes into this, and of course, also, you know, if you're if the communication is not good with your partner, if you're constantly fighting, that's also going to decrease your you know, your your passion, your desire for sex with that particular person. So that's also something that needs to be fleshed out. If there's some underlying resentment in the relationship because of whatever, that's, you know, that's that's a no-brainer. You know, you're not going to want to have sex with that person. It doesn't mean you have to break up. But you have to resolve whatever underlying issues are there in order to get your passion back. Hmm.
0: I have two very generalized questions here. Um, One is, in your opinion, in so let's just take heterosexual long-term relationships um, and just to generalize a little bit, when do you think the passion usually leaves? I know it's different for everyone because like some people are only seeing each other once a week. Some people move in after three weeks. And so what do you think, when when do you think the passion usually leaves? At what point in long-term relationships? And then I forgot my second question. We'll start with that, but I'll (laughs) say the second question in a second as well because it's another generalization. Oh, um, but what, um, in your expertise, in your line of work, are you seeing it, um, in, in more so in specific genders or they're more vulva owners or, Mm um, et cetera.
2: So I've seen it, first of all, I've seen it in both. Um, from my personal experience, it was me kind of losing my desire. Um, and, but of course there were reasons, there were reasons for that, that were in part connected to my partner and in part not connected to my partner. We both had to do the work in order to regain my passion. um, And he had to do work also in order to not be crossing my boundaries. So that's something that's really, really important, I think, for women to feel their passion is to feel that they are safe in the relationship, that there isn't going to be someone crossing their boundaries. There isn't going to be someone penetrating them when they're not ready for penetration. Or, um, for example, a lot of times the male will ejaculate quickly. So this is something that I think um, males males learn sometimes from porno, but also from being a teenager with this kind of feeling of shame that they don't want their mom to catch them in the middle. So they're kind of used to doing things quickly. Let's just just get it over with, you know. And um, I'm just I just got a blow, and they get used to having sex in that way. And what that leads to is this feeling of dissatisfaction in the woman because she's not really able to achieve orgasm through that kind of sex. You know, if he if he penetrates and then goes after a couple seconds or a minute or two minutes or three minutes, she's not going to feel satisfied by the encounter. And over time, she's not going to want to have sex with him anymore. She's going to be rejecting him. So the more that... Um, we understand the kind of underlying energetics between sexuality and what actually makes both people feel satisfied from the interaction, then we can really work towards recreating a passionate relationship. So when does the passion essentially go? I think it's really, really individual. I think for some people it's really connected to motherhood because when a mother gives birth all of her attention goes to taking care of this baby and making sure that this baby can survive. And also her needs for intimacy are in many ways fulfilled through taking care of this baby. Um, but if you don't do anything active to then transfer some of that intimacy back into the relationship, it'll, it, the intimacy will get stuck. And likewise, you know, in terms of um, long-term relationships without kids... If there's a situation where the male is ejaculating too quickly and the woman doesn't feel satisfied from the relationship, that will also uh, create a situation that's lacking in passion. And, and the opposite is also true. Um, you know, If you have a woman who constantly wants intercourse with the man and he's pushing her away, there's some sort of underlying aspect there. Um, that's creating that dynamic and that's something that needs to be analyzed, needs to be understood on a deeper level.
0: What is Esther Perel's formula? It's a, attraction or it's a desire equals obstacle plus attraction or something like that, where the, and I'm using pa- desire and passion kind of as the same thing here that, um, that there is what she's talking about is individuation and attachment and the com- perfect or beautiful combination of two, the two of them. Where if you're overly attached, right? So I think another thing that happens is people are just spending a lot of time together. Maybe they don't even have the kids. Maybe they're not even stressed. They're just together all the time. There's no mystery. There's no newness. Now I know you like the back of my hand, and we're, it, probably the sex in some way, shape, or form is uh, monotonous or um, or is isn't satisfying someone or, or both people's needs in some ways or ho- 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 all the parties. In Um, but I think there is something to be said about the, um, the individuation and attachment pieces that are also quite important of having, living your own life, whether you have kids or not being your own person and then coming into the relationship and being part of the union, which is hard to do when you move in or you, you know, whatever you start a business together or all the things there too, that just, I mean, passion, I think loves some mystery, right? Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And it's learning how to create that mystery. Um, And some of that mystery can really be created through separation, physical separation, Um, making sure that you do have your own life, that you have your own friends, that you that you go out sometimes without your partner. Um, And then when you come back, yeah, there's there's this newfound sense of mystery. You know, you're you're experiencing things separately for sure. That's really, really important. Um, And that also actually has to do with boundaries. So if your boundaries are kind of mixed up with each other, you know, there's there's really no real feeling of separation. Not only is that going to affect your feeling of mystery and the overall polarity in the relationship, like the, the attraction, but it's also going to affect the way that you literally make love. So if you have no boundaries, if you don't feel like um, when you make love that there's any sort of consent or any sort of communication around what your boundaries are, what you want to receive, what you don't want to receive, what feels good, what doesn't feel good. So if you don't have some sort of communication around that, um, the passion isn't going to be there because boundaries actually create passion. I know it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but the more that you understand and communicate your own boundaries to your partner... The more you're going to be able to be vulnerable, the more you're going to be able to open up and surrender into the act of lovemaking that's
1: that's good advice i I was jogging my memory because I just heard this quote from i I, I want to say it was a comedian and it will come to me eventually and maybe not on this show, but I've been uh, thinking about it since I heard it over and over again and it was like the key to keeping your relationship alive and, and to, the key to a successful relationship is to treat the person that you're in relationship with just as you did treat them the first month you were together do the same yes. things and text the same sexy little tidbits or uh did you send some hot titty shots i don't know i'm just <laughs> giving you like what did you do yes. that like yes. give you those like that that butterfly feeling and also to like when people were opening doors for each other even if you're not chivalrous or if you wanted to do that or Creating that space, open listening. When you when that first part of being with with a partner, when you first meet them, and there's all this excitement and all of this 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 passion, I thought that was really important because, as as Amy was mentioning, as you were mentioning, with this the the logistics of life can just murder a relationship like a yeah. good one right it's it's for sure. hard because you have all of these logistical things that must happen so i wanted to say that no i think what
2: you said is really important i think it's really understanding that even if we've been together for 20 years we are still individual sovereign beings and if if you're able to maintain that understanding and not take the fact that you're together for granted that is a really, really important thing for maintaining the passion in the relationship, because because you know people get into these patterns of lovemaking where they just assume that this feels good to their partner because they've been doing it for the past twenty years. But no, maybe it doesn't feel good. Maybe they just don't know how to communicate about it. Maybe they don't really understand that they really are both sovereign beings. And when you start, when you when you're in a relationship with that understanding, with the understanding that if one or both of us is not happy this could really end but maybe we can catch it before we get to that breaking point and start to understand more deeply what our desires and wants are
1: yeah mm. that's good advice and i think so i've heard a few tips uh and our and our folks that listen love tips and tools and we've talked a lot about obviously the communication piece which is always huge uh Uh, diving in before the passion's gone, uh, creating the boundaries. What other tips uh, do you have for folks out there that once had passion and want it back? Yeah.
2: Well, first of all, they could come to me for some coaching or uh, do one of my courses. I have a course for women, uh, which is actually launching on October 20th. Uh, It's coming up pretty soon. It's an online course for women, which I dive deep into the yoni egg practice. So the yoni egg, if you're familiar, it's a pure nephrite jade stone. And it it has lots of different benefits, physical, mental, and spiritual. Physically, it really helps women to strengthen their pelvic floor. And if you can imagine, if a woman's pelvic floor is weak, not only um, will it be harder for her to reach orgasm, but she's also leaking a tremendous amount of energy out through her vagina. So just as people that are constantly talking, you know, so they're leaking a lot of energy out of their mouths. In the same way, if your vagina is totally open and you have a weak pelvic floor, your energy is going to be draining out through your vagina. So, So that's the physical aspect. Um... So you learn to do these exercises. And the mental aspect is that um, your pelvic floor has a tremendous amount of nerve endings. And it really has a tremendous calming effect doing these exercises. Uh, The stone itself also has healing properties. Um, but it's it's a tool. It's not the stone itself that actually does the healing. It's just a tool that we can use uh, to create different effects in our body. And it helps women also become more orgasmic. You know, most women, they insert it and they don't really feel a whole lot. It's not like you feel an egg inside of your vagina. But the more that you practice with it, the more sensitive you become. The more sensitive, the more that you feel, you're able to kind of identify the um, perhaps more subtle feelings inside of your yoni, your vagina that you weren't able to feel before. And that in turn helps women actually experience different types of orgasms, orgasms that maybe they weren't, you know they, they, they weren't able to experience before. So I think it opens up a lot more potential there for, um, for orgasm. And spiritually, you do it as, uh, as you do these different types of meditations and breath work, Um, and you actually learn how to channel your sexual energy. So there's, there's a rhythm to the way that the sexual energy moves through your body. And the more that you're able to control that movement, the more you're able to step into your own power and essentially reclaim your passion and desire. So a lot of women think that, you know, they just kind of need to lie down on the bed and their partner is the one that activates them, that turns them on. So, so when you start to understand how to move this energy inside of you, and you realize that it's your energy, no one is responsible for turning that energy on for you. You need to turn that energy on. It's your pleasure. It's your power. It's your energy. So when you learn how to do that on your own, that also changes the relationship dynamic.
0: Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is free to you because of our amazing sponsors like Satisfier. When it comes to your pleasure, it's important to try new things. And upgrading your pleasure device is one of the best ways to step up your pleasure game. Satisfier makes beautiful vibrators and my favorite air pulse stimulators with cutting edge technology. Plus, they have a new line of products that are Bluetooth enabled so you can pair your Satisfier with a Satisfier Connect app. If distance is disconnecting you from your partner, the app allows you to connect with someone in another room or across the world.
1: I just tried Satisfier's Double Joy, which vulva owners wear internally during penetrative sex. And let me tell you, the U shaped design is perfect for simultaneous G spot and clitoral stimulation. And the internal hinge adds firm pressure with every thrust. It's the ultimate for partner play. And right now, Satisfier is offering our lucky listeners 30% off any Satisfier. When you go to satisfier.com and enter code SHAMELESS30 at checkout. Again, if you're looking for one of our favorite new devices, go to S-A-T-I-S-F-Y-E-R.com and use code SHAMELESS30 for 30% off. Go check it out. You will be so satisfied. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com.
0: OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been
1: changing their lives. We all know pleasure is fluid and ever-changing, so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt OMGS is for everyone. So whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas, OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O-face on. There are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore. So go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com shameless. That's omgs.com shameless to get $5 off your OMGS access. Again, omgs.com shameless. Go check it out now, back to the show. And that could go for penis owners too, right? So because we're speaking a lot to the the vagina owners out there and uh, utilizing tools such as the the egg uh, and I think there's penis owners that also rather because we've talked a lot about um, I I don't like ever saying coming too quickly because I'm like, if you're orgasming, that's great. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, you can work on longevity and there's ways to practice. So you're more in balance with your partner rather than right. There's like congratulations if you're coming. Right way to go. Orgasm is awesome. Uh, yes, so agreed. I'm just wondering if you can speak to any, because you yeah. primarily focused on working with the vulva owners, right? During this. So when I work with,
2: when I do my online course, I'm working with vulva owners. Um, but when I'm working with couples privately, I'm working with both the vulva and penis owners together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of the penis owners, I agree with you. Look, semen retention, I think it it kind of has this connotation of controlling. Okay, and there is an element to that, but when you actually learn how to do semen retention in the proper way, you're actually not controlling, you're surrendering. You're actually opening up your system to the point where you're so relaxed that you don't feel the need to ejaculate. And yes, ejaculation is wonderful. I'm not, you know, against ejaculation. It's it's a, a normal human body function that men need to do. I think the issue is that when men over-ejaculate or they ejaculate too soon, it both harms their own life force energy and it ends up harming their relationship. So it's not that they can never ejaculate, but for example, I can tell you from my own experience with my own in my own relationship. My partner doesn't ejaculate every time we have sex. So sometimes he retains that energy. um, And it doesn't come from a place of forcing. It comes from a place of wanting to retain the energy. And it also comes from a place of surrendering. So he's opening up into a different kind of energy. And he can actually experience orgasm without ejaculating. So there is that ability. It's, you know, it's, it's there. It's a biological ability that men have that they can actually experience full body orgasm without actually ejaculating. It feels quite different. Uh, it feels more like a woman's orgasm. So, um, it's working with men on learning to do semen retention, but again, not at all shaming ejaculation. It's not, it's not like, you know, you know, shame on you, you ejaculated. No, it, it doesn't come from that place at all. It comes from from doing this practice in order to have to be more satisfied from sex. And, you know, um, ejaculation is fine.
0: Mm.
2: Just as long as it's not obsessive, you know, if it's if it's constant and too early on in the act of, of sex, then it, it does harm the relationship.
0: Yeah. I think any time we obsess over something, we just get in our heads and then we're not being present about the touch and the sensations and what we're trying to do there. So it's probably all a matter of balance. I think it often comes back to being in balance in our relationships and with our own bodies. Um, so back to the, just the we talked about the communication piece earlier, but I just want to touch on this really quick because it is really hard for a lot of people to to communicate and express their themselves. And I I know that this is one of the things that is part of the tools of maintaining passion is expressing boundaries, having boundaries, expressing needs and desires. But what about for the folks that that's really hard for them to to do that? And then also, um, you know, what if they're with partners who are unwilling to communicate? What do they do?
2: Mm, yeah, that's a really good question. So. So for people that um, it's hard for them, it's kind of like a muscle. You know, if you if you continually use it, it'll get stronger. So the more that you learn to communicate your feelings, the easier it'll be for you to then communicate your feelings in general. So it really is a muscle that you need to just work on. In the beginning, it's going to be hard. It's going to feel awkward. It's going to make you feel uncomfortable. But the more that you practice doing that, the easier it's going to be, be You know, it'll just become more natural to you to communicate what you're really feeling. So a lot of times we have this tendency, you know, we feel something inside of us. We don't know how to communicate it. And then we project that feeling onto our partner without actually really taking responsibility for the fact that it's our feeling. You know, it's, it's not necessarily their fault. Um, but if we were to communicate that in an effective way, in a nonviolent way, in an authentic way um, things would probably work out, you know, <laughs> uh, it would, it would be much better for both of us if people learned how to communicate, uh, their feelings. And the second part of your question, I can't remember. There was, there was oh, a second
0: part. Uh, was it, what if you're with a partner that's unwilling to, to communicate or learn how to mm. communicate? This is just how I am. We shouldn't have to talk about this kind of stuff. Why? It should be fine. Yeah. This is not how sex should be. It's not normal. Yeah. Well,
2: that's, that's a difficult predicament to be in. Um, For sure it takes two, you know, to do this kind of work. But from my experience, um, even if there's one person who's kind of resisting, if the other person starts to do their own work, that's going to affect the partner. So either... Either they start doing the work and they kind of see how that manifests in their relationship and how the partner starts to respond. And in the beginning, they might resist, but eventually they might come around and and be more open to communicating. Um, And if you don't see any change, then, of course, you need to evaluate if that's a relationship that you want to stay in. You know? Yeah.
1: Word. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
2: (laughs) sorry, it's
1: not an easy answer for everyone, but Mm no, it might come down to that.
2: For sure, Mm,
1: yeah, Mm. and that is we we sometimes have been uh, shut down for saying something similar. We lost. Well, when we said a listener, we were like, "Hey, sometimes you may just not." No longer be compatible. Well, no, it's people get it really
0: sensitive when we say uh, when they the passion or desire, there's like a desire discrepancy. And we say, well, maybe monogamy is not for you. And they're like, oh, trigger because they've been cheated on. Yeah. Or like, are you saying you yeah. should have affairs? And that's not what we're saying at all. Mm-hmm. We're just suggesting sometimes you need to reevaluate the relationship. You know, we've, yeah. we've tried everything. So if you're, anyone's triggered right now, we're sorry. We're holding the <laughs> hand from afar. So, and, and, you know, yeah. we've, we've, gone, we've, been, we've been there. But yeah, that's. I hear difference. you.
2: Yeah, I understand how that can be really, really triggering because I think for a lot of people, uh, it's scary to lose a partner. You know, if you've been in a relationship for a long time and you're, you know, you might be in a loving relationship. You might be in a relationship that overall you feel safe in. You know, you have, you have a good life together. And to, to kind of think about the option of losing your partner can be really, really frightening. Um, so, so, yeah, I
0: understand how that can be triggering and i uh, may be also helpful to remind yourself though that when I guess that part about like I got you, the mystery's gone. We're so safe that the that the passion's gone. To remind yourself every day that's a choice to be in the relationship. That you know anything, any terrible things could happen, or life gap, or someone you know some changes can happen. Instead sort of to maybe wake up every day to find little bits of gratitude for being in this relationship, well, knowing that anything could shift.
1: Naomi also spoke to the fact that you are really in charge of your own yeah. sexual desire. So putting that piece on your partner. Again and again, if that's been uh, that's been like their job, yeah. If that's been something on your mind that you thought I was, I was conditioned that way for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I was in partnership, I was like, "Well, I'm not getting turned on by you." Mm Yeah, and that's I think that's the pattern that is key to break. And once I broke that, it sort of did open me up to uh I want to say better sexual experiences than I'd ever had before. I was more open. My orgasms were uh more often with a partner than than they'd ever been before. So mm. I think that piece is really big. So yeah. uh yeah. For sure. That's not a question that's not a question, but I have a question for
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> I liked your add-in. It was Oh good. good. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: good. So okay. We, we, we touched on this a little bit. What if there's a long-term relationship, a married, a married couple, and they feel like they've never really been fully, fully passionate or aligned and Mm -hmm. that's something that they want. Is there something that they can do to help improve um, that? Mm -hmm. It sounds difficult, but I. I can't imagine yeah. there not being some solutions. Yeah. I feel like okay. sometimes that lust phase can make things
0: blurry because it's so new. And yeah. so people are like, oh, we got high on the newness. But then later when the newness is gone, we actually realized we were never fully aligned. But we've been now we're together six years and we have three kids. What do we do? <laughs> you know? right.
2: Okay. Trigger warning. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> All right, everyone.
0: Take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. So from what I've seen and from what I've experienced, if you had passion in the beginning of the relationship and there was a deep connection there and you've lost it somewhere along the line, for a lot of couples, you can reclaim that passion. It requires work, but, and and perhaps some healing, you know, if, if somebody experienced some sort of trauma in the relationship, whether it be related to betrayal or boundary crossing or whatever, okay? so So if there was passion there in the beginning, you can oftentimes make your way back to having a passionate relationship if you married your best friend, and there was no passion in the relationship in the beginning, it's going to be very hard to find that passion. So I realize that might be something that is hard to hear. But from my experience, um, that that seems to be uh, the
0: case That's
1: when you hit up the dungeon, just <laughs> well, and you, but then
0: you're not even revitalizing something. So you're not revitalizing anything that was, it wasn't there. Not, you, know, you can't create something out of nothing. And yes, miracles can happen, or yes, we can learn to maybe create more alignment, but it's not always there. There's things that are like, you talk about Tantra, right? It's a, it's about deeper energy, energetics that sometimes we can't control. Yes. And
2: for sure. And, and there's something about that initial attraction that tells us a lot about our compa- compatibility. So you might be attracted, very sexually attracted to somebody who you discover, you know, you have totally different worldviews and, and you just can't make it work. Okay. And that happens too. But if you want to have a long-term relationship and you want to have that passion through the relationship, there needs to be that initial spark. Hmm. So if you're listening to this and you're single Make sure that when you get into a relationship with someone that that spark was there, that it's there, that you feel that attraction to the person that you're with, that you're not compromising because they have a good resume or they're making a lot of money and you're broke. So, you know, you want you want to pull this person in because over time, those relationships will oftentimes either fall apart or you'll find yourself in a relationship that you didn't really want to be in, but you're just kind of there because you compromised in the beginning and now you don't really know what to do. Um, so, so that's kind of how I feel about uh, those types of relationships. Um, but there are plenty of couples that had that spark in the beginning and lost it. And those are the kinds of couples that I like to work with.
1: So speaking of working on things, <laughs> we love work. We love yeah. work. Yeah, uh, we know that you are um, launching a course. Uh, this is October twentieth, twenty twenty one. When we're uh, when the course, I believe, is coming out. This episode airs. I think was October
0: twelfth. Yes, coming out. but I think yeah. the
1: course comes out the twentieth, yeah. as she yes. mentioned. So, can you tell people how to find with you, how to find and work with you, Naomi? Yeah. Also, can you talk about um, this course? that's specifically, I believe, for Volvo owners. I think it's mm-hmm. called Awaken Your Desire. Yeah. Any uh, tags like your website, all of those things, please?
2: Yeah, yeah. So Awaken Your Desire, as you said, is for Evolva owners. It's a three-month deep dive course into both the Yoni Egg practice, but also um, understanding kind of the energetics of our sexuality in a deeper way, uh, getting, getting past some of the blockages that we might have in our sexual chakra so we can open up um, both to... Our pleasure and our power and that of course translates into our sexuality but like I said in everything else that we do in life so if that's something that interests you it's launching on October 20th you can check it out on my website which is www.naomislater.com so n-a-o-m-i-s-l-a-t-e-r.com, or you can uh, connect with me through Instagram my account is at divine.couples. So those are the two places you can apply for the course, and it's filling up. So uh, if you're interested, please reach out.
1: Yay. Naomi, yeah. it's so good to see you. We've known you for a long time and we're so oh. happy to have you on the show. See you digitally. And uh, <laughs> I'm happy to see you're well. And thank you for coming in, on our show and yeah. sharing all of your passionate gifts oh. for passion. We, uh, <laughs> appreciate that. And thank go check you. out Naomi's website and the Awaken Your Desire course. Uh, if we We can never stop learning. Uh, knowledge I'm is power. Things. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. I'm yeah. always learning. Every day I learn something new. Oh. Um, and Thank you uh, so
2: much for having me. I really appreciate yeah. it. Mm.
1: I, I, yeah, I adore seeing you. And all right, y'all, you know what? It's the end of Shameless Sex episode. And it's... The Maybe, beginning of wine. It's the beginning. To, ta- <laughs> to, to go ahead and pop open a bottle of your favorite Margins wine. Go to MarginsWine.com and check out the beautifully made boutique wine, all from California, underrepresented regions, and under kind of un- unknown. They're like very, very, what, what would you say? Mysterious. They're, mis- they're not that mysterious, <laughs> but they're not as common as you see most varietals of wine. So go check it out. You'll probably taste something you love Uh if you go to... my marginswine.com and sign up for the newsletter. You can also, when the wine releases come out, save moolah by entering code sex 10 to save 10% on three or more bottles or shameless sex 15 to save 15% on six or more bottles. That's all I got for you. That is it for today. Marginswine.com lo- I said that a few times already.
0: Marginswine.com
1: <laughs> Alright y'all, thank you for being part of the Shameless Sex Revolution. We'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to
0: shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.